Hey there, potential podcast listeners. We can't believe we are only weeks away from celebrating our one-year anniversary since launching this podcast. To celebrate a year's worth of bringing you fun content on all things pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum, we are launching a contest during the month of April. During the month of April, if you rate and leave a written review for our show on Apple Podcasts, that counts as an entry. One lucky winner will win a $100 gift card. Entries for this contest will be accepted during the month of April. We will announce the chosen winner on our one-year anniversary, May 11th. We'd also like to hear more feedback from you, the listeners. If there are certain topics, genres, or franchises you want us to discuss in the podcast, we want to know. We can easily be reached through social media via Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or directly through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. Also, as we continue our potential pick reviews, if there are new releases that we are missing out on that you want to hear reviewed, please tell us. We thank you, the listeners, for continuing to support and follow our show, and we can't wait to bring you more content right here on The Potential Podcast. Best of luck to those who enter the contest. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more, this is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by the Sokol man himself. He has returned to save the day, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing Zack Snyder's Justice League, otherwise dubbed the Snyder Cut of Justice League, which premiered on HBO Max. This is the film that almost seemed like we would never get this kind of impossible dream that has come to fruition uh, almost in an incredible way via both a huge push by fans and just, you know, a desire to have this director get to finally show his true vision to end his big trilogy that started with Man of Steel into Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice into Justice League. Now, Taylor, how many times did you see the Whedon cut of Justice League? I only saw it once in theaters and that was it for me. I was a one and done kind of guy for that film. Yeah. <laughs> oh, AK. A.K. Justice Whedon. Justice yeah, the League. Justice Cut, or Justice League, as it has been dubbed. So, of course, a little backtrack, just history real mm-hmm. quick before we get into this full-fledged, you know, epic. Snyder had had a five-arc movie plan. He had, it was Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and then Justice League 1, 2, and 3. And for Justice League 1, he had filmed four whopping hours, which is, even that's long for a superhero movie. You know, at this point, uh, Avengers Endgame takes the cake at three hours. Uh, Batman versus Superman, the extended edition, is three hours, but that's around usually the cutoff. Then, of course, during the filming, there was a desire from Warner Brothers to we need to match what Marvel's doing with the Avengers. They have this kind of more comedic take, it's a little brighter, it's not as dark and broody as Zack Snyder. And then, of course, the tragic passing of Zack Snyder's daughter, Autumn. Uh, he had to choose to step away from the project, rightfully so. Mm-hmm. And so Warner Brothers brought in Joss Whedon, who, of course, had done these Avengers films for Marvel, and he kind of knew how to handle this group element. But he took Snyder's 
footage. He had to cut it down to two hours. He only used about 10% of Snyder's actually film, you know, footage. He rewrote a lot of the script. He read, he reshot a lot of stuff, making this kind of Frankenstein version of Justice League. And it came out. And I think for most people, it was just a hot mess. Uh, not a solid, great take for what is supposed to be the first big screen version of this, this group of gods and heroes. And then uh, rumbling started starting to release the Snyder cuts. And eventually, somehow, some way, HBO Max finally agreed to, uh, you know, one verse like, we'll put on HBO Max. And so we have it now. Taylor, what, what was the buildup for you knowing that we're going to get this finally, you know, realized vision from Zack Snyder, who notably is probably one of the DC's biggest, you know, uh, not only visual directors, but just he's really had probably the most hold on the material so far of, of anyone. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's kind of like also like, you know, what Favreau did for Marvel to kind of spark the MCU. That's what Zack Snyder did. I leading up to this, I mean, I was really kind of like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to really be excited about it as much because as we said, we were, we saw the first one. Okay. But then we had so much to compare it to. We, you know, watching, what Marvel had done and seeing these big, you know, Avengers and these big team ups, we knew what could be done and what, you know, is a good storytelling. But as this started coming out and, and it was teased and then there were starting to be some hints, they were talking about some bonus stuff. Like we were going to have then Jared Leto's Joker was going to be featured in it. We were going to get more of the, more of the black suit, you know, Superman and, and all these little things. Then as it started to come to fruition is when I was like, okay, I'm really getting excited. I was getting more pumped up. And then with HBO Max, as we've seen last year when COVID really was at an all-time high and streaming services were using that time wisely to say, hey, people are stuck at homes. Let's capitalize that. And then HBO Max said, we're going to do one better. We're going to play a new movie almost every month, plus in theaters simultaneously. So you have HBO Max, you're good to go if you have in theaters. Great. And the fact that they were going to bring this to the home screen, that even made it even better because now it's going to be a long movie, but we can break it up. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, at first, we got news that it was conceived to be, it's going to be a four episode kind of like mini series. Yeah. So like an hour each. So it would be released, you know, like a week apart, just an hour each. And then that got scrapped. And then we found out, no, it's actually meant to be a film. It is a proper film, but it'll be broken up into parts. And so it was smart of them to really the film has kind of a prologue. It has six central parts that are, you know, each about 30 to 45 minutes each. And then there is this 20 minute epilogue at the end. So it is really it is a four hour epic full, just, you know, embraced comic book movie. And I think it really was smart for them to do HBO Max because even though I know there's a lot of fans that would go see this in movies with the, you know, an intermission, uh, which is, you know, there has been a select IMAX theaters that have been allowed to show it, but very briefly, um, you know, it's hard to get people to want to go see this long a movie in a theater. Whereas yes, when you're at home, you can watch so much of it and then pause it and you can come back to it the next night or watch a part. Yeah, each and you night, can digest you know? a little bit mm -hmm. and discuss and you can make it, you can, watch it the way you want to watch it. If you want to watch it in a six parter thing, or you want to break it up and let's watch two hours, stop. Um, it makes it better. And I think it worked out. I think in hindsight, bringing it to streaming platform made the most sense. Yeah. And we're able to enjoy it a lot more for it. 
Yeah, I, I personally watched uh, through part four, finished part four, took a break, and then I watched five, six in the epilogue. So I kind of did, which is about after if you finish part four, it's about two hours and 20 minutes into the film. So it's about a solid film. And then you got an hour 40 left. So it's still, you know, in any way you can do it, you can break it up any way you want. So at this point, um, if you have not seen the Justice cut or the Snyder cut, uh, we don't really know why you'd be listening to this potential pick, but this from this point on is our spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. There it is. Um, not that this version has much different plot points from the initial theatrical release, but there is some new stuff to talk in here that maybe if you haven't watched it yet, you may not want to hear about. So um, overall, this is definitely the much better version of this film. I mean, of course, when you have more time to really, really take your time with uh, details and, you know, story points, character building, team building, uh, even with our, our villain, you know, there's a lot more that gives our villain more uh, to watch. And, you know, you see more of the danger and we get, of course, finally our first big look at Dark Side. Uh, which we've never had in live action. So that was, you know, there's a lot to uh, digest here. But I want to take a minute first to just look at uh, something that was a flaw from the first one that definitely was embraced better in this, was this film had the difficult task to introduce three characters and to make them in the team. That, of course, is The Flash, uh, Aquaman, and Cyborg. There's a lot more in this movie to kind of set up these characters and especially Cyborg, I think, got the kind of the, the last, you know, you got the small straw from the, uh, the theatrical release. There's so much more here of his story, his initial how he became Cyborg and his relationship with his father, what his powers are. And he really uh, he kind of is the pivotal character when it comes to saving the day. Him and the Flash both have these amazing sequences. So what did you think of the more time to allow these three characters to be introduced into this movie well i think first of all there's a lot of controversy with ray fisher uh with the the first one with the joss whedon version so i think this one was definitely kind of a love letter to to his character i was really impressed with the backstory and this has a very better clear defined relationship with him and his father and i think the fact that this one where his father you know sacrifices himself Mm -hmm. for his son it made it that much more emotional and powerful because if you think about these characters especially in any superhero film you're not going to be a complete superhero unless you've lost a parent or two you know bruce wayne uh, every single time it's like it's not yeah it's dc or marvel no one really ever has both parents <laughs> they don't have a stable life and then decide Never. i want to be a superhero it's always tragedy so always tragedy. i mean even even wonder woman <laughs> she had just the one mom she was at her mom so uh, you know, when she lost her aunt. But anyway, I digress. I really like that, um, the sequences, and what uh, Cyborg's character, he got to do more, was really great. And also get to see him before it became Cyborg. I did like the sequences where you saw him as just his human self. I thought that it added more. And I thought the CGI was done a lot better. They definitely tweaked it in oh, this one. Oh, much. He looked so much better. Much more realistic looking. Controversy from the theatrical release. Is it, it looks kind of sloppy. Uh, which I think is a lot because, it, uh, again, the reshoots and the the rushed kind of, you know, final product. But yeah, Ray Fisher, you know, we've we've been hearing all this drama about uh, how he's claiming he's been treated by 
Wonder Brother execs and especially Joss Whedon and more stuff has come out about Joss Whedon. We're not going to yeah, get into right that's now. That's another podcast. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I really did like, I was so happy to have so much time with Ray Fisher in this movie. And I really was like, he's an incredible actor. And it bums me that one, we've already been reported as of now that he is not going to be in the upcoming flash movie, which is a bummer because clearly flash and cyborg work really well together. Yeah. Great rapport. But I mean, really, I'm hoping that maybe in the future, if not a movie, at least like a cyborg series or something on HBO Max, because I think he really deserves to have more time with this character. Uh, this is not a character that a lot of people even know much about. You know, he's not really as popular as like The Flash or which has his own you know, series on CW or, you know, Aquaman's already had his movie. Well, I think we want more time with Cyborg now. Going to the Flash. Yes. Uh, Ezra is really so funny. Uh, you know, he's definitely the huge comedy element in this movie. But we even get more time with him. And that whole, that sequence of him saving, uh, what's the girl's name? Iris. Iris. West. Yeah. Him doing that sequence, him applying for this like dog care place, saving her, the slow-mo. Him grabbing that hot dog was hilarious. I laughed so hard. It just was such a funny moment. And it really was this cool, like, okay, we kind of get that he has a little crush on her. He's kind of fallen for her in that moment. And then just him using the hot dog, you know, as if nothing happened. He's like, oh, is everyone okay? And he's like, you know, feeding the dogs. That was such a brilliant scene. I'm like, how did you cut that from the original theatrical release? Because it was such a good introduction to what, the flash really is, you know? Yeah. And I think this talking about every scene that he's in, they, this was the way to represent the flash. He is a kid. He is funny. He is kind of the, the, the quipster, the quick quipster, mm -hmm. if you will, of the justice league. He is kind of that guy who's got the little lines and everything. So they did a really good job with him doing that, uh, style and talk about now I'm a fan. I've been a fan of the flash TV series. And got into a lot of the dynamics of what Flash's capabilities, his powers are. Zack Snyder did an epic job of showing like what it's like being in the Speed Force, of what it, his powers, the capabilities, and then even you know towards the end with even really setting up what's going to be you know Barry Allen's arc of him using time travel and and the dangers of that. That was just great up until the very end. I just love what they did, and also building his story with only the two scenes of him and his father. You know, that kind of complicated relationship of, you know, his father was falsely in prison and then leading up to him becoming, you know, going into working in law enforcement, which is, you know, his main his main job in the comics. So, yeah, they did a great job. And Ezra really killed this. I'm really glad that we get to see his his capabilities. And it makes me more excited about the Flash movie. Yeah, I mean, that scene of not only the the resurrection scene of Superman was was oh my. better. Uh, yeah. just the fact of him, you know, we saw that cool image of the 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 image of Pa Kent going into the water and then it started to slowly back up. We go, oh, it's time reversing that he has the ability to, you know, go to that place. But the, you know, we're jumping around here, of course, there's so much to talk about. The way the end of the movie in terms of when they finished off Steppenwolf and, and, and all that stuff, the, you know, him having to touch Cyborg to, you know, get the mother boxes and, you know, separate. That whole sequence of him running and doing the speed force and having time reverse and him like talking to his father, like, I'm not a mess up. I'm not, you know, I'm, I have a purpose. 
it was so touching to me. I honestly thought, how did how on earth did they not think that was appropriate to have in the theatrical release? Because it says so much about his character because he has always been someone that's kind of a little daunted by these other huge heroes around him. And he kind of is the underdog. And to see that he served such a purpose to save the world. Because literally, if you think about it, Darkseid and Steppenwolf had won. The mother boxes had done the thing to kind of destroy the earth and he stopped that uh so that was like so much better because you remember in that theatrical release his only job really in the end was he was like saving that random family yeah uh it was such a waste of the character well, and in the beginning like the other one where he was saying like oh I, I don't know what i'm doing i just push people really fast you know and he actually got to have a little bit more of yeah this guy is a threat he's a little more powerful i mean they really highlighted what his capabilities were um and yeah it is very to, to be honest, I mean, I'm really impressed that this movie had much more emotion. And even though Joss, like, I, Avengers, great, but this had a lot more gravitas. And I felt, like, really emotionally connected to all these characters. Even the little bit, you know, we're introduced back to Aquaman. And, you know, going to Aquaman, I think, which I'm, some honorable mentions will jump around here. But it was so great to have Willem Dafoe have some proper, have proper screen time. And I love that he had his long I, I mean, it still it. works with the continuity. I yeah. mean, he has more of the man bun look in the Aquaman film. So I kind of bought if he's, that. If you think it's because he's out of the water, yeah. maybe, you know. But um, Momoa, you know, that was such a smart choice in the first place because Aquaman, of course, typically gets the blunt of the jokes when it comes to the Justice League, you know, especially that, that that you know, kind of outfit in the in the comics is a little goofy. And then, you know, it's like, oh, he talks to fish. They were, you know, Zach was so smart to think we need to cast someone that's going to be so badass and, and really heighten this to a place that's so not what people are expecting that they'll actually think of Aquaman as now their favorite, which I mean, I'll tell you right now, Momoa, both in the theatrical release and in this and his own movie has really stepped up to be like an awesome version of Aquaman. And I can't wait to see what they do with Aquaman, too, because that movie, it's, it's just bonkers, but it's so much fun. He's a little more broody in this. He's not really as funny. There's a few moments. Like, I love that scene when um, the Flash was trying to run into Superman, which that was such a cool shot when you know, Superman kind of looks to the side and notices that he, he's like, <laughs> he's like, whoa, oh, he can see me. You know, he's like, oh, when he, he crashes into Aquaman. And then after the big fight, Aquaman just points to him and it's like, you. And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. so sorry. <laughs> um, and of course, I just love that moment when Aquaman's kind of like surfing on that uh parademon, yeah. Parademon. He just slides down and he walks like there's no big deal. <laughs> and the wave of the hair, but also to that point where he's kind of in the he's in the air at some point and cyborg catches him and he's like, My man, like you can't help but love. Um, and they, you know, they set up Atlantis a little bit. It's obviously a little brighter, a little more colorful when they went to uh the the movie by James Wan. And there is some discontinuity, of course, the water bubbles when they talk. And Hamira has a British accent as opposed to in the uh, in the James Wan movie, but it's like Princess Leia in the first Star Wars a little bit. Yeah, I mean overall though, it's just like Aquaman. You can see his 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 story, and I loved a lot of those shots. You know, uh, him out in that kind of uh, you know Alaska looking area, wherever it must be. Um, but now let's just get to uh, Steppenwolf here. Steppenwolf in the first film 
looked more, you know, the comic book is actually more like a giant man with this kind of set of armor. He's actually not an alien per se. Yeah. They definitely went more alien visual monster looking in this, but his armor is badass. This like spiky armor that can kind of come on and off him almost like a liquid thing. It was so interesting. It's kind of like a little bit of Iron Man mixed with a T-1000. Yeah, in a way. And he's definitely just much more vicious, more brutal in this. Let's talk about the R rating of this film, which was such a smart idea. Because mm-hmm. when we when I heard that, it's going to be R rated. Oh, like, okay, this is going to be cool. I mean, he in the first act, he's slicing, you know, people's heads off. And yep. it's like, you know, people are getting thrown around. And like the whole sequence, when he's first kind of introduced, fighting all the Amazonians. Wow, that was incredible. I mean, it's just every fight with Stephen was brutal. Like this guy is a threat. And I'll even say, you know, going to the ending of the original, this whole thing like, oh, the parademons, they sense your fear. I'm like, that was kind of like a silly, like, you know, it, it's very, that's more Green Lantern about fear and courage. Yes. But that was, it was kind of a little hokey. And this it one was, was like, oh, you're not coming back, man. We're going to slice your mother. Which was, it was a mercy move almost in a way, because we know the dark side would have definitely killed him anyway. But, oh, that was... In terms of like epic and, you know, there's definitely a lot of epic fight sequences in this and, you know, which some of we got in theatrical release, but that sequence of, I mean, of course, Superman coming back. Oh, Henry Cavill. So great to see him and not have to have that terrible CGI in his face because the mustache thing when oh he was my in God. Mission Impossible. But um, <laughs> the sequence trick. of him getting the black cape and him kind of doing that Man of Steel moment of flying and hearing Russell Crowe and uh uh well my friend is his, right now his father and his father kevin costner's kevin costner uh, hearing them you know talk and him like having that moment was so epic and that that whole you know steppenwolf really you get the sense that the five heroes minus superman he is that you know of course there's the parademons as well that help but like he's that strong that they themselves cannot quite take him down but then superman that moment when he's about to kill cyborg and then it just hits Superman's shoulder, and he's like, not Madam. impressed. And then he just <laughs> blows and breaks his axe. Oh, and him blowing the horn off, like with his laser eyes. Epic. But that the death of Steppenwolf, hands down, goes down as one of the coolest deaths of a superhero villain I've seen in, in Marvel or DC. I uh, agree. Like, that was, and how fitting that it was like a team, you know, Aquaman stabbing him in the back, Superman launching him and then Wonder Woman just slicing that off and it lands in the portal. You see Darkseid just like looking all pissed and they're just standing there like, yeah, that just happened. And then he squishes his head. I was like, that's Darkseid for you. He's not going to be in Justice League too. Yeah. And that little creepy, you know, his his like assistant, Dasad, was like, I told you he'd fail. (laughs) He's like, "Uh, okay, well, we'll just come back the old ways. So this movie, it's so visually stunning. You know, I think something that Snyder does so well. He really takes the time and effort to make it look like a comic book on screen. There's a lot of these like dark hues and, you know, there is colorful moments, but really it looks like this kind of comic book world come to life. He's such a visual master that I really appreciate a lot of the stuff in this film because it just, it, it pops. Your eyes are constantly just like, even if you're not a biggest fan of the actual plot with the mother boxes, even if you're not a biggest fan of, you know, DC characters, period, you can't fan, help yeah. be, you can't help it be just, you know, 
amazed by his his visual prowess in this movie. And he set up so much of what would be Justice League 2. That nightmare sequence was really was really interesting. And, you know, I think you and I have both played the Injustice games, and uh, those have a lot to do with the kind of nightmare world where Superman goes crazy because the Lois Lane has been killed, which goes back to that BVS scene, you know, kind of came out of nowhere where the Flash, you know, uses the time he's like, Bruce! Lois Lane is the key, you know. So, like, there's so much that was Martian Manhunter was yeah, in here. Yeah, talk about another good honorable mention to have uh, Martian Manhunter, which I really like the fact that, like, when that first happened, you're introduced, like, whoa. I'm like thinking, who is that? Oh, that's Martian Manhunter. And then at the end, he's introduced. So, it's setting up the future Justice League. But the nightmare sequence was, you know, very well done. I also do like the fact when they ended it with, it wasn't this kind of goofy thing, like, um, with Lex Luthor, we're going to, uh, I'm starting a league, uh, you know, our own group. A league of but, our own. Yeah. <laughs> There's no crying in baseball. But uh, I do like that whole end where, like, he's like, uh, you know, Slade Wilson, uh, uh, I know who Batman is. So that was really cool. And Joe Maganella, like, I think it'll be really cool if they can get him for another uh, of those to, to play Slade Wilson. I think he would play Deathstroke really well. Well, we want, I really want that. I want that Ben Affleck Batman movie with, you know, Deathstroke as the villain. Um, you know, you could tell there's a lot of things of why, you know, both Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill had a lot of problems, probably through the making of the justice version. And that you could see why, you know, it never officially said that they're done done. Cause now we know that Ben is back on board for at least some part of the flash movie. And Henry has come out saying things like, I never said that I was done. You know, the Cape is still mine. So there's still potential that, you know, but as of right now, like the only characters from this film that we know have sequels, we have Aquaman 2, we have the Flash movie, and we have um, Wonder Woman 3. That's the only ones from this movie that actually currently have any potential plans moving forward. Um, so I don't know. It's just so hard to think that amazing to think that this movie finally got to come out. It's clearly been a huge response by the fans. Uh, it is long. It's yeah. four hours. I will say, good God, the man loves his slow mo. Oh my God, more than a, more than a kung fu action film. Like, like there was points a little where slow mo works, like the Flash. The Flash always, you know, I still one of that. I love that sequence still when uh, Bruce goes to try to, you know, get him on board, and he throws the, the bat wing battering, and he, you know, he he slowly just looks at, it, catches it, and he kind of puts two and together like, oh, you're Batman. Can I keep this? Like. There's, you know, but the, oh my gosh, there were some parts where I was like, okay, we need to get rid of the slow mo. <laughs> like, I think you could take this movie, cut out certain things, and cut down some of the slow mo. You could probably have a solid three hour version of this that would be more theatrically, you know, yeah, uh, you know, I think would work so. better. But, um, but you know, I was just happy to have seen it. It's not, it's not like my favorite thing on the planet. You know, I think the DC still has a lot to do to catch up to what Marvel has. You know, I think I think of the first Avengers film and although it's nowhere near the feels and emotions and the connections we had by seeing Endgame, which was 10 years. But like imagine 10 years from now, if they were to continue to build off of this first Snyder cut exactly. and what they could do. And, they're, you know, clearly we're getting more characters along the way, like. We know there's supposed to be some new Green Lantern stuff happening. We got Black Adam with The Rock. You know, there's more characters. We have this new take on the Suicide Squad. 
but it's like if 10 years from now we're getting still some payoff with these versions you know we know like robert pattinson's the batman that is its own little franchise it's not supposed to connect to the current dceu so i just have so many you know thoughts and questions about would would hbo max want to continue a lot of these these uh, stories or have series you know limited series mini series yeah. straight to streaming movies i want more time with these characters i'm happy we got this and there was some lot there was a lot of epic moments in this but i definitely want more and based off what we got about two three days after the release wonder brothers right now is saying that they are they're happy zach got this but they're not currently going to continue the snyder verse that's the unfortunate thing and i mean this all came about in a really big part to the fans i mean there has been the hashtag snyder cut uh that they've been plotting around and this just is a great example of what the power that social media has uh for the fans i mean we've 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 seen that in all these shows that are getting canceled and then brought over to streaming services like netflix and prime so yeah maybe but i mean this amount of storytelling for a four-hour movie for streaming this could be the way of the future for other films, not just comic book films, but I think that streaming is the way to do it because you can break it up. You can digest. You don't have to sit there and hold your bladder the entire time to see it. <laughs> and I think that's why, are you crying? No, that's uh, that's my eyes are yellow because I have to pee. <laughs> you know, it's like you, you I think this is going to really inspire a new way of filming and continue to advance what streaming services can bring. But I, I do hope that Zack Snyder is not done with this, but he might be. But again, and then watching that final thing, we talked about this in the beginning about his the, the loss, unfortunate loss of his daughter, is, is a great love letter to her. And he dedicated this her to this film. And I'm just, I'm very happy that he got to make this film. And it was well worth the wait. Yeah, it definitely was. I mean, he's just, he's a master of his craft. Love him or hate him for, you know, his type of, uh, viewpoint and his storytelling but you can't deny you will be entertained watching this like you can't you can't sit there and watch it and go i was not entertained i just don't think that's possible unless you're just not a comic book person so yeah i'm curious to see what's going to happen in the future i hope snyder does get to return in some way shape or form to the dc world because he definitely has a great vision for it and he makes for one hell of a good time on the big screen and um yeah i think streaming it's like just to see a director get to take his full vision without edits, without cuts. You know, that's something that often we see, even in like our big Marvel movies. I mean, I think it took time even for Marvel to want to agree for the Russo brothers to do what is really a five and a half hour epic split up of Infinity War and Endgame, you know, and to think that look at someone like Scorsese, you know, he got to do the Irishman. He went through Netflix because he knew they weren't going to make any cuts. They were going to let him just do what he wanted to do and put it on stream. And so I think this could open up doors for more directors to tell longer versions of these comic book movies that could really make some great, you know, footage and great stories. And there's still so much to do. So honestly, uh, if you have not watched it, if you've been listening to this uh, or if you have, I will be watching it again. It is a wild ride. Um, and I really enjoyed the Zack Snyder's version of Justice League. I mean, same, it's epic. Same here. And, um, but continue to keep enjoying it. And who knows what the future hold, especially uh, for characters like Darkseid. I think he's still out there. And I do know that we have a, a cinematic setting uh, by Ava DuVernay is directing a new God's movie that he's confirmed to appear in. Ooh. So although it'll be a presumably different iteration, 
that's something to look forward to as well. So who knows what's going to come next, but thanks for coming on this journey with us. Chris, I'm glad we got to watch this. I, I think I'm going to go after this and watch it again. <laughs> yeah, it's just a great time. So now streaming on HBO Max, check out Zack Snyder's Justice League. And that was this week's Potential Pick. Thanks for listening to The Potential Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Potential Podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us. Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know, know your, your potential. potential.